Welcome to episode 4 of Bar Dizzle, the podcast sensation that's sweeping the nation. Well, maybe the greater North Hills of Pittsburgh. Actually, it's mostly doing well on this side of the street. As always Dave and Scott will be talking sports, spirits and brews and will mix in random thoughts that on occasion, actually make sense. Take it away lads. Evening Tessa, and thanks for the biting but otherwise accurate account of our current listener base. Scott, Tessa is really adept at tossing those perfectly English zingers of hers in our direction, isn't she? Dave, it's like we're her personal rubbish bin, as they say across the pond. <laughs> Good analogy, and uh, accurate as well. Uh, and, and FYI, Scott and I are forever sharing our show link out on the major social platforms in the hope that you know one day we'll expand our listener ear total beyond just friends and family, as Tessa so eloquently alluded to. So, welcome to hole number four at the Bar Dizzle Open, and without further ado, Scott, pull out your trusty driver, and let the listeners know what's in store for them from tee to green tonight, buddy. Yeah, this one looks pretty tight. I'm pulling out the three wood. Um, Fairways and greens. Yeah, fairways and greens, and uh, our number one fan, uh, John Daly, I'm sure is out there listening, (laughs) gripping and ripping. Yeah, a whiskey Uh, probably, but yeah. So, we're going to start off with uh, some Steelers uh, with Dave, get into some bucko quick hits. Uh, uh, last uh, episode, I talked about things I missed in the 90s in a big way, and, and one of those things is Oasis, and we're going to dive into that a little bit. Uh, you've got some random thoughts, and then we'll get into uh, what we're sipping on tonight. So with that, Dave, I'm going to head out the break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some, here we go. All right, Dave, coming back in from the break, and uh, let's get into some uh, some Steelers. Yeah, so we touched on last time the Mr. Haskins, the the backup QB. Not sure exactly where he's going to fall on the on the depth chart, but Wayne Haskins, he of the you know the late project of, in Washington, the Washington football team, and now a uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, based on his performance, granted against second and third teamers, as often happens in preseason, but looked very good. You know, engineered a couple pretty long drives, and and uh, I guess the, the the question now has come up: and is, does he does he nose in front of uh, Rudolph as Ben's backup? Pun completely intended, by the way. Uh, and is he kind of taking a little bit of a stranglehold there? I mean, based on what we've seen so far, and apparently what. Uh, coaches and other players have seen in camp proper, not just that game. So that that dynamic is, is kind of unfolding in front of our eyes here. And we're not going to see a lot of him, I don't think, because Ben's going to play as his typical third third game. He's going to play some, and then uh, Tomlin wouldn't. It was non-committal on who was going to come in after that. But uh, uh, don't you think, Scott, that Haskins is at least making a presence, making his presence known? Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and and I certainly have a lot of interest in in seeing where this this guy can go in a reboot. I, you know, I th- I think we we know what we know with the other guys, and I think right, I think this guy just has significantly more upside. You know, the the thing that really really hurts some players is is that that p word potential, right? Sure. But I, I think in this particular case. The Steelers are going to go as far as Ben goes this year, but he might be a good guy to have in the fold. And I, th- I think Rudolph is maturing 
Sure. And I, and I think he's the definite number two. I like this Haskins though is uh, 2A. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And, and you know, it, it's just a, it's, it's really just kind of interesting dynamic because they have four, you know, four players now that have played and started in National Football League games. The guy we have on loan from NASA that you mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got me with that Josh one. Josh Dobbs. Uh, Josh Dobbs, right. I mean, he's still in the fold. And as I was mentioning last episode, he, you know, he, during regular season games in the past, you know, 20, 2019, you know, he, he, he's been a, a real coach on the bench and, you know, taking that headset like Charlie Batch, you know, and, and really interjecting some usable uh, information and, and, and plays apparently. So it's really going to be interesting to see. I wouldn't want to have to make that decision because there's, 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 I don't think anybody, uh, can, can, uh, can doubt Haskins just having the pedigree, I guess is right. the word, you know, and that's why he was such a high pick to begin with. And, you know, with Tomlin, you know, he has a way of, you know, bringing guys in also wanted to bring in, uh, the most recent trade for, uh, Schobert, the inside linebacker that the Steelers grabbed from, from Jacksonville, uh, amazing, amazing stuff again by by GM Kevin Colbert. He just seems to to have a, a knack for these for these last minute deals, doesn't he, Scott? I mean, yeah. you look at uh, the, the the deal when when Cleveland somehow cut Joe Hayden, and then Minka Fitzpatrick comes in the in the deal from from the Dolphins, and 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 those players are obviously premier players on this defense, not just serviceable players, but. But but important player Scott isn't that amazing what he kind of tends to do at the last minute? Yeah, and and it's um, I don't know if it's by by chance or or uh, by strategy. Maybe a little it, both, maybe. That it, it, it's on on defense and they're you know creating probably one of the best defenses in in the NFL. No again. doubt. And uh, you know I I, th- I think it's just smart management. You know, and we talked about Rudolph earlier. And, and these other guys, and I, I made the statement they'll go as far as Ben will go. But, you know, that's the beauty of the design of the defense, though. Right. It'll, you know, if Ben is out a game or two or three, right. as, as he often is, you know, if he's out three, maybe they win two because of the defense. Right. And, uh, you know, I think Rudolph is going to be an effective game manager, right? Sure. Um, I don't I don't think he's going to wow you, but I think he's he, he can make all the throws necessary, but he's not going to evade the rush like a Dobbs can with his legs and I right. don't I don't think he's got the arm strength of Haskins I but 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 I think it's uh you know plus arm out uh, arm strength and for sure. even for the NFL but yeah you, that's a, another great pickup yeah, and we're not throwing Duck Hodges in there this year, you know. What I mean, so you're a guy that's essentially four string who we already cut by one time. And I mean, he did go into San Diego in that high school stadium, whatever, on a, on a Monday night or whatever that one time, and 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 beat the Chargers. But that wasn't any kind of big, big deal. But you know, we're, the point is they're not having to throw in somebody like that who really has no, no history and no. Now the, these other guys we just talked about have National Football League starts under their belt now, especially with yeah. with high leverage situations like with Rudolph and, and, and Haskins that, that that's a as you say, when when something happens, invariably something seems to happen. Ben will have a nick or, or, or tuck here somewhere along the line and, and you're you're not gonna be, you know, forced to throw in somebody with, with little or no experience. So that's a big deal. And and the Schobert thing at linebacker I think is huge too because you know, Robert Spillane is a nice was a was a was a nice fill in before he got hurt. Um, is that for, Mickey Spillane's uh, son? I don't know. I have to look that up. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he read defenses. Uh, I don't know if he reads books, but um, he, you know, he was a nice replacement. 
he yeah, made some big plays when Devin Bush went down with that injury early last year. But this Schobert now, we're talking about another level, and Spillane drops into a backup more role, and yeah. that's fine. That's where he belongs anyway. We're not, not having to have him line up uh, uh, too many plays. Uh, and Schobert looks like he's going to be given the green dot too, which out there for everybody that doesn't know that is he's going to be calling the signals. It's just amazing. It just shores up what you said already is a really good defense. Now we're talking about a a guy that can drop into coverage. He can tackle. He's been uh, he he's been in the Pro Bowl. You know that's where uh, originally the this defensive coordinator, the Steelers, met him at one, one point. Right. And and so they had a kind of a history with him. So it, it's just just really to me it's just kind of amazing because if you think about some of the uh, some of the things you you hope to do before season starts and then you throw these people in that aren't just add-ons they're like starters and signal callers i mean that's that's right, i don't think right, you can right. minimize that well when i first when i first saw the the news hit the uh the newswire you know i saw a showbert and i was thinking well maybe kevin saw him at the symphony <laughs> yeah maybe so i don't know you know this guy's a man about town kevin colbert so i don't know i uh I, uh, I think I it's I think it's good. I, you know, I, I I think the Steelers also had a pretty strong draft. Mm-hmm. You know that I, I I think the guy that's probably going to surprise everybody is this guy Dan Moore Jr. I think he'll be a starting yeah. offensive lineman by the end of the year, if not good sooner. Good call. I I know that Tomlin is very good at 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 hiding his his optimism optimism for people and talking. Well, he hasn't done anything yet, and whatever. You know, he 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 tends to. Th- throw people under a bus when there isn't even a bus even in sight. You know, he's, he's just basically just putting people... To, the same thing he did with Dotson, who's who's rebounded, Kevin Dotson, right. who's their offensive lineman, who's who's definitely a good player, and he's he's going to he's gonna slot in there for sure. And he, he, coming back from an ankle, he, he he realized he needed to get back in. And, and when Tomlin's like, when I was, was asked by a reporter, well, is he going to be the first team? And he's he like, he doesn't even have any, he doesn't even have anything to deserve being the first team. What he was just trying to say was he hasn't had anything on tape lately. Right. So you're not gonna, I'm just not right. gonna hand somebody a position when you haven't practiced. And that's what he meant by that. He wasn't trying to disrespect. And, he, and to Dotson's credit, he even said, "I understand what what coach was talking about." He said, "I you know you you don't you don't get handed things in this league. You have to. It's what you've done for me now right. or lately." Right. Yeah, so, and I think this. But the the beauty of this guy is it, it seems that he can play left or right tackle. No question. And and that's and, and that swing. Thing for yeah. versatility is such a big thing that the Steelers have always really loved in, in, in players, you know, uh, offensive linemen that can that can that can do that center tackle or, or center right. guard. Sorry, uh, that kind of thing. It always just makes you more valuable. So, I, I, I just think I know we talked about it last show, but this supposed forecasted doom on this line could end up being you know they could end up being pretty decent and and, and have a new offensive uh, climb the new offensive. A uh, line coach who's who's getting a lot of good reviews from what I've heard, you know how he, um, uh, how he how he is interjecting himself into the into the program. It could end up being at the end of the day. It could end up being more of a strength than people gave it credit for. So no, I, I agree. And and you know to close out the snippet on on Dan Moore Jr. I think that uh, one of the things that I appreciate with him and I I never played organized football, but being a hockey player. You were in a turkey bowl a couple of times. Was though, isn't turkey, that organized? Yeah, yeah, yeah and gobble, Thanksgiving. Gobble, right. <laughs> uh, I, I think that um, the thing that I like best about him is is he has a level of nastiness. Yes. That an aggressive offensive lineman needs yeah. to be successful yes. in this particular league. Yes, and actually, that's what their whole that's what their whole 
premise or a whole thing that they're building, this Clem guy, that's one of the things he preached. And one of the reasons he got the job is that he said that they want to morph into this more nastiness. That's the same reason they drafted Kendrick Green. Right. And, and, and those other players you talk about more, especially that's what they want in their linemen. They, they don't, they don't want passiveness or they don't want people on their haunches. They, they want to attack. And, and, and with the, given the running back that they just drafted, you know, they know that if you are in attack mode and you become physical and you give this guy a little bit of a crease, he's right. going to find a way to move the ball down the field. And, and, you know, just as long as you're, as long as you're getting, you know, just a stalemate or just moving people a little bit, this guy will find a way. It's just not getting pushed in the backfield, not having negative plays. And I think you made a good point last time to, to close all this up with some of the Steelers stuff here, but you, you talked about, you know, the new offense in that Canada and, and now, you know, running the ball from the scrimmage, having been under center a little bit more, not having to run out of the sidecar like they did so much where you're having these delayed handoffs and you're already three yards behind the right. line and you got to find your way through through you know, the maze of people. They're more in attack mode, Scott. Am I, am I thinking that right? Yeah, leaning forward. Leaning forward, right, exactly. So, I mean, good. I mean, I think, I think this, I, I, I kind of chuckle at some of the, you know, alleged experts on there talking about under 500 and talking about this could be the worst year ever. And I think if you watched Mike Tomlin's time, he's never had a losing season ever. And they've had, they've had a lot of time. He almost, they almost got to the playoffs with duck Hodges as a quarterback for several games for God's sake. So, I mean, I've learned to not doubt this guy or Kevin Colbert or this organization. Why could you? Yeah. I mean, they haven't, they haven't had that many down years period, let alone during this last tenure here. No, I agree. And, and you know what we talked about earlier and, I don't see how they do not win eight games with this defense unless there are significant injuries. Correct. Correct. And and anything else will be icing. I mean, it's a tough division. Cleveland's obviously for yep. real. Uh, Cincinnati with their quarterback coming back and some of the pickups they made, and obviously Baltimore's Baltimore. But, you know, I, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, too. The right. People kind of like poo-poo that, like they're going to fall off the planet. It's just not happening, in my opinion. So we'll see how it Works out when they when they tee it up for real. That's why <clears> I like some of the. That's why they play them. That's why they play them. Line right. them up. Yep. All right. So with that, Dave, we're going to go head off uh, into another break here, and uh, we'll come back with some buckets. All right, Dave. Here we come back from break. I uh, hope uh, if you had them, you smoked them. Which uh, probably not a bad idea as we we lead into our bucko quick hits because they're getting smoked this season, probably on their way to losing well over 100 games. Well, yeah, we just wanted to kind of just revisit, and we've talked about this a couple of times, but but wanted to revisit bucko draft and just general minor league organizational ratings because it it came out officially. You know, we talked about uh, idle chat of Baseball America and other other outlets talking about how how strong that their system is and and this is officially published now baseball america you know has ranked the pirates organization fourth when they, they unveiled its mid-season farm systems on, on monday with the uh, organization moving up nine spots from its february status um, they were ranked 18th when ben Sherrington was hired in november of 19 and uh, i'm going to read a quote uh, from baseball america Quote, the Pirates now boast one of the deepest farm systems in the game, Baseball America wrote. There are teams with better number one prospects, but few teams can match Pittsburgh's depth of potential MLB regulars and pitchers. That's a pretty strong statement, Scott, from an organization that does this 
Yeah, I absolutely. For a living. I'm, I'm taking a, a quick look see here myself and you know, in the recently updated 100 top top 100 list, excuse me, uh they have five pirates ranked between 29 and 82. Correct. Look, that that's all you can do is is stockpile the system yep. and then get them in and then, you know, the things that the previous administration did not do, they they drafted, they just either didn't draft well which I think is part of it, but I think more importantly, they they didn't develop. Right, and, and you know, to, to Ben Sherrington's credit, uh, recently they promoted their new number one draft pick, um, Mr. Davis, uh, their catcher to to Greensboro, their high A affiliate. Who that team, by the way, is a really good team, like stocked with 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 talent, and it's it's winning at the twenty some games over five hundred. And they're like now, I just saw this the other day, like the fourth best record among all the minor league baseball as far as just, you know, of all the teams, double-A, triple-A, single-A. And that's kind of a big deal because they're winning with not hangers-on that are just trying to get back into the game or whatever. These are all prospects, and they're just kind of beating the pants out of just about everybody they're playing. And and they decided to bring Henry Davis up to Thoreau right? to uh, to to that team because the the low A team is in Bradenton, and it, it, he he wanted to he, he suggested it actually Henry Davis saying he he had a desire to play there where Pirates have top ten prospects and right handers uh, Quinn Priester and Carmen Lazinski and uh, uh, Taji Thomas and Michael Burroughs and several others and a double play combination of Gonzalez and Piguero. So, I mean, this is a really, really good team. And, 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 and you can see that it's a, a great springboard, it, it appears, to kind of tie in all, all of this, this kind of, this kind of the plan that, that, that Ben Sherrington's doing. And we, I know we keep, you know, we keep heaping praise on the guy, but we're just trying to keep everybody that listens to us kind of in focus is, is, is this is how things are going to have to, to play out. We were, the, 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 the Pirates were never going to be a good team last year, this year. Of course, every, last year was a, wa- a wash anyway for so many teams because of the whole COVID 56-game schedule craziness. But, you know, and there was no minor league baseball because of COVID. So this guy is marching on, and what he's done so far, and I, Scott, you can comment on this, but in, in, a, in a little amount of time is, is kind of a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, look, he. I think uh, you know anybody that that takes over a position, you don't know what you don't know until you get in there, and, <laughs> right. and I, I think right. you know Charrington probably had a couple nights of uh, what I get myself into here because of course uh, this 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 cupboard isn't just bare; the, 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 it's falling off the wall. <laughs> sure, yeah, right. but I, I think he's made the most of it, and look, they just don't have the funds nor the the ownership to stomach you know they probably could have added some some talent and depth at, at the major league level to to definitely not lose 100 games and injuries haven't helped either injuries I mean, haven't they just helped. can't afford them you know had some slumps and in you know brian hayes his injury was significant he's yep. he's still not really bounced back to nope. the level that he was at no nope. but i think you know ben gamble who was so great he goes yeah. down and you know he said that was way back, and and the and the left-handed pitcher, uh, who I was always called Jawan Howard, but <laughs> Sam Howard, is, is finally just coming back, and he was he was tough. I mean, he was a he was a he, he was a tough lefty out of the out of that pen, and and 
as you say, the the the, the injuries and, and and they did add on some people. You know, the the, the big Nagowski there. You know, they. He was great, and then he kind of flamed out a little yeah, bit. They signed a flash that. in a pan. I think they just DFA'd him. Yeah, they did, and 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 then they and they signed that that uh, Asian uh, guy as outfielder that was with the Dodgers and a couple other teams. That yeah, was a was a was a uh, was a uh, you know um, a world signee several years ago, and and it just didn't hit very much at the major league level. But is like a, a really potentially big bat. So they're trying to throw things at the wall at the major league level, but you know. Injuries, and then, and then, of course, the, the the ongoing saga of Mitch Keller. I mean, God, this guy's been through the washing machine, the rinse cycle, and and, and they, they they're they're holding on to him, Scott, because you know they don't want another Tyler Glass in those situations. They know this guy's got the talent. He just right. he just he has to figure it out, and he's still young enough to to give be given the opportunity to figure it out, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look at you know, so there's there's some other pitchers uh, and goaltenders in, in hockey, right? That that kind of bloom late. Sure. That. Uh, Happens all the time, especially you know, with pitchers. You can't, you, you you can't teach some of the things that this kid has, and um, and when he and when he, when he, and when he I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but but when he but when he has control of his control, you know he, he he's high high nineties with a biting curveball, a a a, a, a changeup that he just rarely uses because he doesn't have as much confidence in but they, they say it's a great one so it's just the guy's like teetering on the edge it's like a 3d card like he's teetering on the edge if he just gets in focus and he just yeah. just, just doesn't worry about it. He, he was it was an article today about he in a paper a nice one in our local paper the post gazette here about how he just is thinking too much he's putting too much pressure on himself and he went back down and worked with joe hanrahan down in triple a who's really trying to just recalibrate him and saying you know what mitch just throw the ball just throw the ball, hand or hand. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's a, a lot like that Glassnow situation where they kept trying to do angle points and release spots and just do whatever, you know. And when they, when when he got to Tampa, you know, what the pitching coach there said, "Hey, your stuff's good enough. Let it fly. Let it, let let it go. It's going to find the strike zone. Just don't think. Just throw." And I think that's what they're trying to do a little bit with Mitch is that you you can you can see that it's in there, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no question. It's not like this guy's some stiff. He he, he was. I picked high overall for a reason, and and he has the stuff. So I hope that under this regime, and and hopefully Hanrahan, our former closer here, uh, is continuing to work with him. And he, actually, I think he started tonight. So I I don't know what's exactly yeah, going he, on, but uh, he there's no, no, no score on the top of the second. But he did start the game tonight. So they're not the cards aren't on the board yet. It's early. What, what, what was it? The hurdle used to call Hanrahan the human heart attack. Wait, the, <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah, like. Or Earl Weaver back in the day, the late uh, manager of the of the uh, Baltimore Orioles, they had you know, obviously twenty game, four twenty game winners back in the day, but also had the reliever named Don Stanhouse. I remember him, but the, uh, Earl Weaver was a he was a notorious smoker in, you know, in the dugout. He, he called him Tupac <laughs> <laughs> for for obvious reasons, like what you're alluding to here. But but anyway, we, we just wanted to kind of glow. We don't want to just keep that horse. We keep beating that that dead thing so 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 hard that the poor thing has got welts on it. But we just really just want to kind of incrementally every show or, or as much as possible just keep trying to let people know that this guy. Ben Chang, he sort of knows what he's doing, and Scott, you're you're very good at analytics. I mean, I think maybe the the best of between us, he's doing the right thing, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think he knows what he's doing. I think you know it. We need to make sure that 
he he's got the rest of the staff in place to uh, on the on the field staff. That is, I think the sure. the back office staff. I think they're they're well stocked to slice and dice the numbers. But at the end of the day, it's it's with the you know the individual does on the on the field yep. as well as what you know the manager being able to have the the trust to be able to put you know the person in in situations. I mean, because baseball has probably over pivoted to uh, situational. Everything, remember? Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, and, and we'll get into a segment down the road once the playoffs come up. Uh, but you know, si- situational hitting was kind of big back in back in the day. But sure. Now it's it's shifts. And, yeah. Uh, Metrics everywhere. Yeah, and, and and not that it's a bad thing. It just you know they they need to get to a, a place and a space that the that the numbers are on their side. And and right now it's it's if uh, you know this person fails or that person fails, you get an injury here, and all of a sudden you're looking at hundred losses. Yeah. And that's why you stock this pond so so full, right, Scott? I mean, because you 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 you're gonna have those things happen. You're gonna have injuries come come up. Maybe guys about ready to come up and he's he's doing great and he goes down. You you have to have bodies and good ones. So cause you know these things are gonna happen. There's gonna be a Tommy John surgery here and there. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll tie that up for now. We'll just we, we just want to keep going back in and touching on what they're doing, but we're going to come out. Scott's going to take us out on a break, but when we go in the next segment, we're going to get is a little bit of a departure from us, but something we've been talking to talking about, I should say, which is getting into a little bit of a musical uh, segments in, in our shows. And cause Scott and I are both really, we're really intense into the music scene of, you know, nineties and, and current and, and prior and whatever. We're just, we're just music fans, lovers, lovers, yeah. And, uh, and 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 Scott's gonna gonna bring us into uh, that out of the break, which is one of our favorite uh, bands from the past and even the present, uh, Oasis and Neil, Neil Gallagher. Scott. Yep. Thanks, Dave. And uh, if uh, if you didn't smoke them last time, let's uh, let's get them out, fresh pack, and uh, <laughs> pop a pop a freshie. Back in a minute. Sitting on my own chair. Right, here we go coming back in from break um so dave i'm gonna kick us off here and, and take your interjections but uh one of the things i brought up last show and maybe even the show before that kind of hinted at it's where we're headed here with uh our franchise and, and you and i are, are are big big grunge fans and and you know the the big four you know uh, nirvana Soundgarden, alice in chains Stone Temple Pilots, Stone Temple people Pilots. Like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah, they're not really grunge, but yeah, they're they're they're, they're grunge enough for me. Um, yeah, but to, 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 and and you know, I kind of started getting into guitar in, in the '90s and, and tooled around on that. I learned some tunes and and really went even further into the grunge world. But I think one of the things that that it potentially caused me to to miss was was Oasis. No, I I liked all their hits. You know, especially here in the states, you know, we weren't as exposed to them right. as over across the pond in the UK and in the European Union. And you know, one of the songs I, I did learn front to back was "Don't Look Back in Anger." Just, just, just a tremendous, tremendous classic. Awesome, yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd stand that up just, just about anything in, in in the last fifty years. But the rest of their catalog is is just 
fr- from really good to simply brilliant. And one of the things that I like to look at when I look at bands or individual song singer songwriters, when, when you when you really break it down, boil it down. And I, I'm a firm believer that if, if if a song is excellent, you can perform an ex as excellent or on par version acoustically, if not better. You know, Noel Gallagher is 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 the epitome of that. You know, his his nickname is the Chief. Yep. For a lot of reasons, um, because he he took full control over that band uh, when when he stepped into it with his brother Liam. And I like to look at things in in roughly ten year segments and output in a ten year segment to to really judge a band or or singer songwriter's greatness, right? And, sure. and obviously the gold standard that hardly anybody will probably ever touch are the Beatles. Sure, you know, and they're big fans. L- Lennon McCartney, right? Yeah. Oasis. And yeah, absolutely. They, and you know, they were certainly branded, you know, copycats for a while, especially here in the U S they weren't as widely adopted as, is over in the UK. And, and to me, and it, it, you know, you, you kind of started getting me going down this, this tunnel. I created an animal. Yeah. Several months back and we started talking about Noel Gallagher and, and, and things and you kept pointing things out and, and sending me YouTube clips. So what I did was I went out and I, I had a regular release of what's the story morning glory, which, which is an awesome title. Uh, my mom used to say that to me in the morning when I was a kid, <laughs> but these, these new, new reissues, uh, both in high res and, and remasters, the neat thing about it is is the added content they have on these. So there's there's three albums, start, starting with uh, Definitely Maybe, What's the Story, Morning, Glory, and Be Here Now, right? Yep. That's 94 through through 98. But these reissued albums with extra content, it, it's they're like three times the, the normal album. Some of them are demos, some of them are live, and this and that. But the and actually the all, all the the B sides, right? When you look at it, that that turned into another CD, the Master yeah, Plan. Sure. So you look at from '94 through 2000, and the output this guy Noel Gallagher did. He's easily in the top five. He's one of the best songwriters of all time. People don't really understand that over here. I don't think. You know what you all just said was was true, and I when I, I did a more deep dive into him as well, and even over in the UK and a lot of places, Elton John has said this about you know that's kind of a guy that kind of knows a little bit about songwriting. Um, you know, talked about his prowess, and that all of those tunes, Scott. I mean, all of those ones in Oasis were written by Noel Gallagher. Right. I mean, this wasn't collaborative. It wasn't, you know, outside stuff or buying somebody else. This was him sitting down. This is a guy that, did, that, played, that learned guitar by just by ear and picked up one that his dad had. And, and just, you know, he was on they call the dole in, 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 in England, which is our, you know, being on uh, public assistance and whatever. And, you know, his family was in Manchester, a, a, a not very affluent part of the world, a part of the of UK. Um, and, and just rose literally from the ashes. This is really a, a, a big story to become one of the most prolific songwriters of our generation, yeah. of any generation, really. I mean, one of the things you brought to light to me was, and if, you know, I, I would encourage our listeners to, you know, dive into YouTube and, and, and look at some of the content that's out there from a, a documentary stuff. Yep. You know, one of the things why we wanted to talk about it now, the 25th anniversary of Nebworth is coming up where they had a quarter million fans. <laughs> for two nights. For two nights that yeah. they played for. Yeah. That's a significant show. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, everybody talked about Woodstock, 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 Woodstock. 
Um, and then there was the Woodstock two in the nineties with, you know, all those guys, green day and right. Et cetera. But, uh, this, this Nebworth thing just legendary. I can't wait to see it. It's personally. a big deal. The movie's coming out here uh, in the next month September, or so. It's yep. September, right? And it's going to be in theaters and then eventually it'll be on course platforms, uh, other, other platforms to watch, but yeah, including cassette tape. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, um, do you remember having to like get like a screwdriver out and fix oh, the, I, like, the I, I used a pencil, take it apart, and a number two pencil work. I was fit right oh, in there. I was terrible at that. I, I, I always take it apart and then try to ugh, things we did for music back in the day. But anyway, this show and and on uh, on some other we we've pretty much watched so much content with Noel and Oasis back in the day. But he was on a couple shows. And he, but first of all, by the way, he's extremely hilarious. I mean, the guy could be a stand up comedian. He's so hilarious. And the way he presents topics, razor sharp. He's just, he's just, yeah, he is just keen, and and but but his humor is is biting, but it but it's but it's it's really funny. But he talked about you know back in the the Nebworth the original concert that that was like what the nineties, right? Yeah, ninety six. Okay, so he said on another show that we watched, and it's not important which one it was, but a show that he was um, on about eating chicken wings. We'll get into that later, maybe. Some other time, hot ones. But the hot, well, yeah. First we feast, where people eat chicken wings and then uh, and sweat to death. He he said that you know back then you know there was there was one arrest that weekend. There was one arrest. He said, now if that happened today, there'd be extreme violence and extreme selfie taking, as, as he put it. <laughs> you know, but it just goes. He said everybody was focused and loved. There was no phones. Right. People didn't have their no phones out because people most people didn't have them, and, and you know they weren't. Take, and everybody was focused on the show, focused on the music, which is what you should be doing. Right. And, and you know it was just it, it was phenomenal. And he even mentioned that you know. Uh, Liam, his brother, and obviously a, the, the the biggest foil that there is. I mean, the guy's a tremendous front man, but, you know, those two, uh, they've had so many issues, you know, down through time, and Noel being the writer and the, and the, just the, 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 the influence, chief. the chief. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sibling rivalry with that, and, and Liam, obviously, I think there's some jealousy there and things like that, but he said that he was even, he was pinching his butt and he was as he was playing, but it, they were so spot on. He said Liam was fantastic. I was fantastic. It, it, you know, it was just, it was just one of those things. And that, and that band was, if if you, I I had one opportunity to see them a long time ago, but I, I was even kind of marginally a fan at that point. But when you really dive into their catalog and how Noel wrote those songs for stadiums, right. he, he 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 had a a vision like, and he and he did it. Like a lot of people just write songs, and then they just work them into a show. He he wrote knowing that they were going to be big. I mean, he he realized this, and and that's how he wrote his songs: rock and roll star, you know, and and supersonic. And, and, and supersonic. These are stadium rock songs, and, and they made it work. I mean, they, and uh, but I think this is a this is something we just felt compelled to talk about because uh, whether you're into them, whether you're not, a lot of people just every time. Uh, people that are just on the fringe or surface of Oasis, the first thing they think of is Wonderwall. Right. That's the only thing they think of. Oh, that's just, that's Wonderwall. Or maybe Champagne, Champagne Supernova. Supernova. But if you dig into the depth of the talent... Get into this, the catalog. And get into the catalog of not just Oasis, but now since splitting from the band, uh, Noel has f- formed the band, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. And, and they're 10 years... They're ten years into their project, and he's had—I don't know how many consecutive number one albums. Scott, this is no BS. This is this is not just marginal stuff he's putting out. These are number one, number one 
records and uh yeah. and, and that's 10 years in so not only did we have the whole oasis backdrop in history they famously split in 2009 when when noel just had it had it with liam and and, and left before a paris concert he, he's now put together this project right which is insane yeah and he's he's got some significant work in there and, and you know one of the things and and again going back to my 10-year thing i i think it was after um uh heathen chemistry he started letting the other he, he i saw a quote where he said he, he he just didn't have the amount of material and and, mm-hmm. and liam and some of the other guys started writing things but, oh yeah but eventually but, but you go back to that that 94 through 2000 just the amount of stuff and hey yeah. look there might be other bands that has a lot of stuff that that they didn't release but all the stuff that, that that finally did get released is is all a grade material oh yeah there's no question and even some of the even some of the the ones that that liam uh, uh, chipped in with pa- yeah. passed me down the wine and a couple other ones i mean but but no like the b-sides like talk tonight uh, we 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 acquiesce. We, we, we acquiesce talk tonight we we kind of teased into one of our uh um, intros one time or, or come back from a break yeah. uh deal if you just Go on. To, I, I guess what we're trying to just say here, if you have a minute, and you certainly have a lot during still COVID, what we're dealing with, you know, go in there and just listen to some of his stuff. Cause he, and, and he's a perfectionist. You know what I mean? Like, if you right. listen to him and his guitar with the Adidas sticker that way back in the day he bought at some secondhand store and just became a thing for him, uh, with a Rickenbacker or, or the Gibson, I think it was a Gibson yep. that he has. All about um, Right. He, he, if you listen to his stuff or, or watch him on stage watch him perform this guy does not sleepwalk through any set like he he doesn't like uh, fool around i mean he is you can he's technically very sound in what he does too the music's good it, it's it's almost like i call it like super pop you know what i mean like it's it's not i mean obviously the waste of stuff was more rock and stadium rock but then you know a lot of it was super pop but this guy if you if you delve into him and, and watch him uh, and even now you know his acoustic sets that are on out there available I mean, he, he's he's really a really hardworking guy. Yeah, and I think he's he's also evolved his abilities and tastes. And if I think if you listen to some of the, you know, some there's some Oasis fans that you know they, they don't like anything after like 2003, right? Uh, they yeah. might they might even like Heathen uh, or, or Standing on the Shoulders of Giants because the music changed. It's like you know I'm a huge Rush fan, and you know after. Uh, moving pictures you know the rush rush fans started getting upset because it was was more keyboards etc but you, you can't just keep doing the same thing right no and, no and one of the no, things either moving that, forward or, or going back that if you listen to his music and his production he adds more things in strings horns horns i mean you listen to some of the the later stuff and um a girl playing the scissors on right his. right you, you listen <laughs> to some later age. stuff in, in, in oasis and and you, you start to hear a preview and in in the stuff in in uh, noel gallagher's high flying birds just completely complex but there's always a hook yeah he, he always gets back to the hook right i mean one of the later songs in oasis is in in just a great title great tune the importance of being idle yeah i mean just I, just, just brilliant yeah it goes, just it, the stuff of genius yeah and and and, and if you want a, a little bit of an example of the power of music period but the power of noel gallagher in the uk a, a big you know where he came from in manchester yeah there was the smiths 
you know i mean uh, i mean there was stone roses uh there was some there was some really there's some really incredible bands that came out of there um but 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 he he back in 2017 and we talked about his song don't look back in anger right a, a song that m- most people in england you could wake them up in the middle of the night and they could sing the whole thing there was a you know a, a, in manchester at the an arena there there was about 400 people um that had gathered uh there in st Anne's square as a tribute to people that were 22 people were killed in, in a bombing in manchester arena back in back at that time and all of a sudden, as people were just paying tribute and just kind of like listening to people and, and just, you know, just kind of flowers were around or whatever, this w- woman, girl, just Im- impromptu, just starts singing Don't Look Back in Anger, like word for word. Right. It was, if you, if you have a chance, look that up, um, woman singing, you know, in St. Anne's Square, Don't Look Back in Anger. It's a powerful thing. And, and, he, and, and everybody... And the crowd started to pick up, almost like you see you see at a football stadium, and somebody's chanting something, and everybody starts chanting it. They all just start singing it, and everybody knew it. But it was it was it was kind of the homage. This woman took it upon herself to say, "We're we're going to show our support by doing this," and that is like like the power of music. Like like Noel said, he was watching it live, like in bed or something, and somebody's phone was blowing up, and he said, "It just goes to prove that like big leaders." political leaders, you know, talking heads, whatever. They can say if they want, oh, you know, we're going to be strong and whatever. But this woman and this song, and then it started t- catching fire. Like every place in the next week or so, they were they were doing this tribute at arenas and at places. And, and Noel said himself, it just goes to prove that once I've written a song, he said, I wrote this song at a hotel in Paris in bed. You know, it, it just goes to show that once you've put that out there, you no longer have control of it anymore. Right. You don't. You don't own it anymore. Right. It just goes to show the power of music, and I think that that's what this guy does. And that's why we're talking about him tonight because um, that, that's that's a pretty big deal to have somebody go off and do something like that. It, it'd be like the same thing like Bruce Springsteen did the thing with the 9/11, which was a big deal, and he went and sang um saying that one song during the during the tribute there when he was singing that one song he wrote for it but that's the kind of power that this guy has right 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 you know to close it out i i think just do yourself a favor and in, in, in one of the segments that uh is always uh has a lot of jocularity is uh, jocularity. the ones with the uh, chat the chatty man at a, a british uh, uh talk show yes. that uh, is is quite hilarious um and a lot of a lot of dry wit and humor, and and you know, again, back to, you know, Noel. He's he 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 is just. I don't know that I've seen anybody quicker. Uh, he, he's he's as quick as a comedian on, on, with he his wit. He really is, and 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 just even even if you just want to do it for the comedic value alone, because like I said, if you didn't know if you didn't know better, you'd think that you'd, you'd think that that that's what this guy does, you know. Because but 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 he. Then he'll just get up from the chair and just start playing. You know, like he'll be in the middle of doing this this uh, 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 funny thing. And he also has a great interview on Apple Music with um, Lars Ulrich, who, who does a uh, who, do, who who does a continuing uh, show. Um, it's Electric, it's called, and he's got a like twenty one minute thing there. And but he's also on uh, Radio One, a bunch of like uh, Radio X. Uh, yeah, it's look, a new show. For, look for Radio X, and he's got a. Residency, residency there where he's doing stuff and Sunday doing nights. music i actually heard him that first one that you sent me what well, he's doing yep. he, he's doing his stuff but then he's also um and we've got incoming uh 
coming. So as uh, as Dave says, I uh, hope it's one of ours. And uh, just just look for the cargo doors. Make sure they're not opening up on us. Okay, we're good. Um, but he 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 was. Yep saying and doing his funny things yep. but also playing some of his favorite music yeah and he and and he played the i don't know if you heard it when the, the, that was on but he played the the killers jenny was a friend of mine it oh, was one boy. of his songs. i couldn't believe I it didn't see that yeah yeah so that go back and listen to that but again uh, to the, the button up we're, we're just trying to expand our horizons a little bit i hope you can hang with us and we're going to talk a little bit more about other people we like teasing maybe chris cornell what's one of our favorites who <laughs> down the down the road, we definitely yeah. want to. Yeah, that 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 that's a whole a, other, that's a whole, whole that's a whole show. And and you know, frankly, you know, the the longer I go down this rat hole with Noel Gallagher, he's he's quickly he he's in Chris Cornell's rearview mirror in my book right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and so there's a lot of people that we really just you know how everybody gets excited about music and they want to tell their friends about right. music. That's all we're really trying to do is just turn people on to some some stuff and. Chris Cornell, of course, of Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog and, and his solo career and brilliant, brilliant stuff. And, you know, I, I got the chance to see him live. We'll go into that later. But um, we, we just really kind of want to enlighten uh, people that may have not had a chance to see some of the people we kind of enjoy. And, and, and that's where this is going. So we, we, we appreciate you hanging on with us on that. And we'll, we'll have more in yep. future shows. Yeah. And with that, we'll, uh, we'll have some... Uh Noel Gallagher take us out to break here and uh, Dave's going to come back with a random thought. We're back from break, and uh, Dave, guess what time it is? Oh, well, that was a good one. There's a lot of technique on that one. Sounds like you've, almost like you've done this before. Right. So we're uh, we're at the section tonight uh, where we uh, get into what we're sipping tonight. Dave, I'm going to start pouring over here. That was a Murphy Stout. Why don't you go ahead and uh, chit-chat about what you got over there? Yeah, so a couple things as I reach into my bag of tricks. Um you have a Murphy Stout that you're pouring, right? Correct. And I'm going to sample that. I brought a Devil's Backbone. It's the company. And they have a Vienna Lager, which is very smooth. It's a caramel, uh, you know, has caramel notes, toasted in caramel notes. But it is a, it is a lager, so it doesn't have a IPA bite. Um, it's smooth. Scott is, let me do my little. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. And I'm getting this in a little glass for Scott. Oh, that's plenty. Okay. And um, we're going to let that settle because certainly the Murphy's, Murphy's needs to cascade and, and settle because it's a, cascade. a nitro, typically on a nitro draft, just like a Guinness, but it's it's the better version. Good things come to those who wait, Scott. That's, that's right. But the, Dave, you brought something special over. I we've, did. we've, we've this, talked about sidecars right. from uh, episode one. Because we. We, we always talk about, and Tessa reminds us, we talk about sports, spirits, and brews. We kind of only did the spirit thing when Scott went into his whiskey rant in the first episode. But I uh, was turned on to, of all things, I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but I was turned on to peanut butter whiskey by my dear friend in, in Florida, Richard Myers, um, who has his own podcast. By the way, it's more of a political thing, but I sat in on his podcast back in March when I visited him in Florida. 
and he um they when their podcast they kind of do similar things where they yeah they kind of sample products and and, and richard had this and, and i i honestly scott i didn't think there was any way i could i could <laughs> would deal with this thing but it, it was actually pretty good now his his one of choice and he's sampled a few of them there's another one that was i actually saw at the, our, our store here which is like a something like burnt bourbon peanut butter whiskey something but his is called hard truth and that's the one i was looking for they didn't have it here locally so i i opted for another one with help from the uh, staff there it's called sheepdog uh peanut butter whiskey which is <laughs> so uh alec when we put it at the, at the bottom it's 70 poof as in W-O-O-F for Sheepdog. <laughs> Somebody st- stayed up all night uh, for that label idea. So it's 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 just it's a blended whiskey with peanut butter. So we're going to take... It's, it's got a good nose, and uh, let's... Uh, let's do a little, little chin-chin. Okay. So, yeah, I, I can pick up the peanut butter right away with the, the aroma and the nose. Let's uh, Yeah, let's and I, I like it because it's... A, Scott talked about sidecars and sippers. This is something you can just have as a little bit of a uh, a tasty sidecar sipper scenario without guzzling or, you know, because whiskey kind of hits me kind of hard. I mean, I've never been, I've just never been one to to be the aficionado or lover of that. Like Scott is with regular high-end whiskeys and so forth. But this is, I'm a sidecar person. So this was something that I, I, I thought was something that all of you should know about sheepdog there's again hard truth so maybe try sample one yeah i mean is 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 a a whiskey lover uh, i I would say that um you can definitely pick it up on the finish it's if if you like an old-fashioned which is is uh, a a a high not a high-end cocktail but a a whiskey or a rye uh, mixed strength that uh has more sweetness in it because it's got bitters and, and yep. uh, syrup and, and, and that type of stuff. Um, I, I would put this on on par with something like that. It, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, finish a nice dinner that I was going into dessert with something like this. Yeah, it's it, almost it, like it, a dessert drink. Yeah, it's it's right. it, it's definitely like an aperitif for sure. And, and it's it's very. That's French, by the way. It's uh, it's it's uh, very very approachable. Very. And, um, and Scott, of course, has his spherical. Now, I thought I was high end when I got these giant square ice cube trays that you pour up and you get this giant block of of like scott has these spherical ice balls that are like almost like little baseballs it's so it's so hoity-toity of you but it's really good yeah the the major benefit of it is is it it looks cool it's something to talk about but because it's a sphere it, it melts evenly yeah, I you know, I never thought. Do you, so, do you have a sphere tray that yeah. you bought? Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to get. The yeah, line there are a couple cents on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got my. Well, I got my my square block ones on Amazon. You know, like at, at Pomodoro is one of our go to places. Oh they, yeah. They had the they had the big ice blocks that they put for right. those specialty drinks yep. that they make there, like in Manhattan, and those other ones that they have. They have That's an old fashioned on tap. I've I've sampled a few. Yeah, I know. I've I've uh, I've witnessed that. All right, I'm so, gonna I'm gonna head into your. Uh, okay, so we're going into the beer segment. So, did, did my thing go down enough? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Am I sipping out of that? Or what no, no, you're right, oh, right here. Cool. Right there, watch your watch oh, your yeah. iPad there. It's, it's a lot of stuff around here. iPads and microphones. And, oh, the Vienna so logger. Scott's gonna sample the Vienna logger. I am doing the what's this? Murphy yeah. Stout. Murphy Stout. Here, I'm a little craft beer, short and st- no, I'm just kidding. Here we go. 
I'm yeah. okay with stouts. I like yeah. The Vienna, Vienna Lager is, wow, is that's pretty smooth. Is very uh, it's, it's it's a tremendous lager. I mean, this is a good uh, fall beer. Yeah, it, but it's it's also can be kind of a little everydayish. I can't drink a whole lot of them, but it's, but it doesn't really hit your palate terribly hard. And no, it it, it doesn't have a a lagerish or pilsnerish um, bite on the back end. Right on the on the, on the back side. It's, it's very smooth <laughs> and very approachable and. And uh, what? Uh, who's the brand again? Devil's Backbone. Yeah, Devil's Backbone. That, that, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, this is good. Well, I've had uh, there was there was another one of these, which is uh, some kind of pub ale. Murphy, not Murphy's pub ale, but there's some type of Mister Smithwick's or something pub ale. I've, it's similar to this. Is well, you're the stout, and and uh, you're more the stout. And uh, I'm an Guinness. IPA guy for sure. But. Well, you're an IPA guy, but I mean, as far as stouts go, would you say if you're going to compare this to like say Guinness? Guinness, I mean, Guinness is widely available, especially on tap. I've only found Murphy's Stout on tap <clears throat> one time in my life in Philadelphia. I was out there on a business trip. What would you do in a place like that? <laughs> and uh, it's tremendous. And, and even in the can with the, it's you know, if you listen to it, it has that ping pong ball uh, to, to help. Uh, what's it? What, what is that? Well, there's a ball in there to help it a turn it into in draft there? style. That's you know how it cascades. It it, it simulates the uh, nitrous pour. Wow, there's even a whole lot of there's a there's a whole description of of how this all works on the back of it. This is very it tells you how to pour it, all that good stuff. But very involved. Yeah, I mean Murphy's and and you know one of our listeners, uh, Phil, who who's interacting. Thirteen with grams us. of carbs. Ouch. Well, actually, that's pretty low compared to regular beer. Well, depends. Yeah, and and especially when you look at. Uh, uh, the car, uh, the carbs, uh, uh, actually calories, um, and, and and the best part is, I forget what Murphy's is. I know Guinness is four point two on the alcohol by volume. Yeah, the ABV. It's not that, not that horrible. Yeah, this is four four percent even, uh, and this is a fourteen point nine ounce can. So it's it's not a not even yeah, a proper, like not even a proper U.S. pint, let alone a. My favorite pint is the Imperial Pint Overseas, which is 20 ounces, Dave. Oh, okay. okay. Which, yeah, um, so, like, yeah, I mean, good good stuff. And, uh, Dave, I, th- I think you got some random thoughts over there. What's, what's your random thought tonight? Uh, well, I, I, I don't... Okay. So, I don't know if it's COVID that made this even worse, but I have a real thing with driving and, and of course, all the perils that go along with that, right? I mean, I, there's so many strange things that have happened here lately, but, you know, of course, people seem to drive like 100 miles an hour everywhere you go. There's that, and there's people texting and, 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 and holding their phones in their hand, which I don't know, Scott, I don't even know, just to delete it off. Why anybody in 2021 is holding their phone in their hand when they're driving? Oh, I can tell you why. Why? Go go watch a reality show or something like that. That you know when they film it, they put it on speaker so they're they're holding it out there. I mean they, that started <laughs> ten years ago with the Blackberries and it, it hasn't stopped since. Well, I know, but I just I mean there's so many like Bluetooth is there, even if you don't have it. I mean I mean you can have a grocery getter from the '90s and you can have your phone down on the dash or there's a million devices that you can put on top of your uh, you know console or or in your vent. Or whatever, and put it on speaker. Even if you're not using a Bluetooth, I mean, I, I've I've had, I've had I've had a lady come by in her, in her. I have a you know you know I have a decent vehicle, but somebody has came by at a stop sign. This was woman, in like this you know of course 
probably twice or more the amount of uh, well, value. Well, called a Mercedes-Benz. It, well, no, it was a BMW, well, a.k.a. Big Money Wasted. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and she's rolling through a stop sign, almost hit me. This peanut butter whiskey is pretty pretty good, isn't it? Tinkle, yeah, it's, tinkle, it's, tinkle. Uh, you know, it, 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 and we just put a little in. We're not like sots here. We're it, just, it, we're it, just it, sampling. Pairs really well with the Murphys. It uh, pairs well, but you know, and I'm yelling at this lady. Literally, I'm like, "You are seriously holding your phone in your hand in your eighty thousand dollar overpriced piece of crap." It was at the four way down like a Church Avenue, mm-hmm. like we're called. Right, and, and and people were almost looking at me like, "Yeah." You go, go, go get her, you know, and, and she's like completely nonplussed. She's like, she just, like, just non, keeps going. Nonplussed. I mean, I, unbelievable. And, and, and I was like, so that's, that's one thing. I just don't think there's any reason. Some people just have this thing about talking and have a, I'm, I'm talking about in your hand, not even like right out here like this, just right. talking on the phone. I'm like, there is no reason to even do that anymore. And you're, and of course people are texting and, and, and they're doing stuff. They're watching, you know, Mickey Mouse episodes from 20 years ago on their, on their phone. That's why these people that like ride around in bikes and stuff on like the right of way. And I'm, I'm like, nuts. you're insane because nobody is looking at the road. A lot of people aren't even looking at the road. You're just asking to get smushed into a tree. But so, I mean, George Carlin, I think said it best, the, the late great comedian. He said, there's a lot of crap you got to put up with your driving, right? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like, 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 you know, these people that are, uh, they're driving like 30 miles an hour in the, in the passing lane and you, you know, you're going up on them and you want to get up to close to them just to see what they look like. And then you finally get up to see what they look like. She looks exactly what, like what I thought she looked like constipated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so brilliant, but I mean, he also had one other thing. I'll just, I'll close his thought out about it. He said, he, you know, I swear, and this is me personified. I swear. I have this thing that I always tell people. Everywhere I am is the place to be. I mean, like literally, no matter where I am, I could be in a parking spot in a remote place trying to have a private conversation and somebody will like pull up next to me and sit there and start talking. I'm like, there's 47,000 parking spaces and you chose coming next to me. But George Carlin made a funny when he said, you know, um, that, you know, there's so much crap you get up. Uh, put up with your with driving but he said i swear that there's a secret automotive harassment squad laying in wait all along my route they're 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 waiting for me to like they they, they are all in communication with each other and they're on walkie talkies going okay he's leaving his driveway everybody in position uh here's a woman backing out of a bush here's a guy making a u-turn backwards and this is the kind of stuff you see these days i don't know whether it's COVID crazy related or, or just whatever. But I mean, there's so many people that do so many weird things. People have their lights on like all the time now. What are you driving around with your headlights on in the middle of the day in the sunshine, as, no, as Liam Gallagher would say? Not, not the daylight running lights. No, the, not the, the other DRLs. Ones. Not the DRLs. The actual headlight. Like back in the day, Scott, the only time you had your headlights on when you're in the day is when you were going to a, f- for a funeral. Right. If you're involved in a funeral. These people, and I see people, I have a 2016 Hyundai SUV. It's great. Scott's seen it. I love it. But, you know, there's people with vehicles that are way newer than mine and way more expensive than mine, and they have headlights out. 
<laughs> it's because you're driving around all day with your headlights on, and you don't even need your deer. You, you know, know what the worst part about that, Dave, is? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go duck because I drive an Audi, is the car tells you when that light's out. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. There's an idiot light that says, hey. Yeah. Your headlight's out. Right. But why are you burning it out? Like, granted, I don't, I don't drive a lot at don't night. Don't change it. I don't, I don't drive a lot at night anyway, so that's why mine, I've never had to change one yet. But the thing of it is, is you're in the middle of the day, and I see it all the time. Like, the only time, like, you're, you're sort of required to do it, like, in the rain or whatever right. on an interstate to have your lights on. It'll even stay sometimes. Law in the books, yep. Okay, it's a Wipers law in the books. on, headlights right, on. Right. And, but then you're driving around in the middle. Now, if it's really gray, as we have so many days in Pittsburgh that are like this, you know, I might put my DRLs on, okay? And just, just for some little extra, I want people whatever. to see me. Right, right. But in the middle of the day, in the complete sunshine, in a cloudless sky with the sun coming down, and actually it's kind of dangerous because you have the sun coming down, it's hitting the headlight, it's throwing some other little reflection at you. Here's the thing. Let me just wrap this up. Turn your damn headlights off during the day, please. <laughs> All right. With so, that, we're going to... We have gonna, a whole segment we're, just we're, that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to finish our... Uh, our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches oh, here. That's really good. Too. And uh, it's it's very good. I might. Uh, I'm not driving tonight because I'm probably going to hit another <laughs> sniff of that. I am, and, so I won't. But. Uh, and then uh, we have a, a new segment that uh, I hope you like when we come back. All right, Dave. We're uh, round and third, heading for home, and we um, as as we normally do, we trade ideas back and forth. And text trying to figure out, you know, where to take this and what our interests are. And, and hopefully uh, our audience finds the same interests. And, and you threw something over the, the wall the other day um, about famous people birthdays on, on the day that we record. Correct. So today is August 20th, and I'm going to throw it over to you. All right, thanks. So as far as rounding third and heading for home, unlike our pirates, uh, we're going to do that here. But yeah, I just uh, this is something I see in the paper all the time, and that's it's. I'm always reading page two of our paper here about birthdays, and I'm amazed sometimes that to see you know sometimes you see people that are still alive, and you're like, wow, I thought he right. was dead like years ago, and I, I just think it's an interesting segment we want to bring in. So for the ones today, uh, first one, Don King, that lovable boxing promoter extraordinaire, convicted murderer, racketeer extortionist allegedly (laughs) of course the wearer of one of the most famous like finger and electrical socket afros ever sported in history (laughs) is 90 on the nose today no pun intended Uh, he had some great quotes down through the years man i i either directly from him or by others scott one one was uh one was by from him he said martin luther king took us to the mountaintop I want to take us to the bank. <laughs> Beautiful. And when asked about King's view on um, race relations in the world of boxing or life, former heavyweight champion Larry Holmes said, quote, Don King doesn't care about black or white. He just cares about green, green. unquote. <laughs> so happy, happy 90th, Kingster. Keep on fighting, man. I'll um, tell you what, Dave, and, and sorry for the, sure. the, the interlude, but... I know we uh, kind of hinted earlier at a, a 60s, 70s, 80s baseball thing, but one of the other topics I want to get into in an upcoming episode is boxing, 
boxing was actually one of my favorite sports. When it used to be real boxing. When it was real boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a lot Good of debate on, on, on fake here and there, but um, I'll tell you, some of those uh, late 70s, early through mid 80s fights. Oh, the best. Just absolutely just, the best. Just tremendous. And all and, classes. In, in all classes, and and, and and when you talk about water cooler discussions, oh. that was right up there. Oh, always, yeah, good one, yeah. So, we'll so back to your regular program. Yeah, we'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely work that in. So, also today, TV broadcast journalist Connie Chung is the big Joe Green today. Well, that's wow. that, that's seventy five for all of you non Steeler fans out there. A little a little beer, uh, whiskey rattle for for Connie. Seventy five. Uh, Seventy five. I mean, this this woman. She, I mean, she was a real trailblazer for so many women and minorities when it came to. Evening news anchoring. I mean, an amazing lady, really. I, mean, I hope all your friends and family and everybody, Wang Chung's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you Maybe, though, maybe you she know. can get Wang Chung to come over and perform live. She used to get a lot of love from David Letterman. Yeah, she really did. He was he was a big fan. He yep. was a big fan. He, uh, he was a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, happy birthday to you, Connie. And by the way, Scott, I did a quick Google search. Uh, that, you know, whenever I see people's birthdays, I look at spouses and things. And I saw she's still shacked up with that incomparable spewer of other people's sorry tales, Maury Povich. No, no, I'm not. Ki- I'm, ki- I'm not kidding you. What a, I mean, what a match that is. I mean, it would take a full house to beat that pair. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it actually, I mean, you really got to hand it to this guy, though. I mean, for 24 years, this guy basically Jedi mind tricked massive amounts of TV watching sheep into thinking his show actually had substance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Did did he out Jerry Springer or did Jerry Springer out Maury Povich? Well, I, I have a I have a little something about that in a second. That's a good question. And I'm sorry I'm so throaty tonight. I'm not sure what if it's a pollen or something. But anyway, so anyway, but the, the, so speaking of that, this it's a good lead-in for my next sentence here. This is from USA Today columnist Whitney Matheson back in the day, probably 90s, whatever, that she, she, wrote, about, she wrote about him, which I thought was hysterical. Uh, she, this is a direct quote of hers. She, she says, he wrote about his show in, in, her, in her column in USA Today, Povich's talk show is without a doubt the worst thing on television, period. Don't be fooled by the press shirt and pleated khakis. Maury is miles further down the commode than Jerry's brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is brilliant journalistic. I, lo- I love the usage right? of commode because that's oh, what my grandparents used yeah. to call it. Instead of toilet. I think commode is better in this context than toilet. Absolutely. And I bet she thought every minute of every word in that particular sentence. Oh, Speaking of commode, in other words, like, oh, yeah. you know what my grandparents used to call the couch? What? So Davenport. Davenport. No. Yes. They did not. They did. Oh my well, they were God. Hungarian. <sighs> wow. Um, that's funny. Anyway, uh, a couple uh, a couple from the music scene. James Pankow, the trombone-wielding star of the supergroup Chicago, is apparently feeling stronger every day <laughs> at th- 73 years old today. <laughs> just just for just for fun. Jimmy, why don't you celebrate by spending Saturday in the park for old times sake? What do oh you think? Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> this stuff just writes itself. Sad and, trombone uh, right there. Uh, yeah, right. And so and Robert Plant the former flamboyant frontman of Led Zeppelin apparently isn't ready to climb the stairway to heaven, Scott. Oh, my. He's 73 today. 
It's been a long time since you rock and roll, my man, but on the Bar Dizzle, we're sending a whole lot of love your way. Happy 7 3. Well, I mean, that was so easy. That, that was, that, that was, that was. <laughs> That wasn't that wasn't even soft serve. Those are just three sitters, like in tennis, we call sitters a ball that just comes right. up. You can just whack right yep. in, a, in a far court. Those three were just too easy. Sorry, that that was uh, middle middle. <laughs> it was, uh, and lastly, uh, and this one in particular is a death date anniversary. Uh, but a shout out, to, uh, an homage to one of the funniest comedians of all time, Phyllis nice. Diller. Are we uh, still supposed to use the gender-specific version of comedian? That seems to have gone by the by, like actress. I mean, people in media everywhere just call movie actors. stars actors. They don't yeah. even well, use actors. I think ditching it's, the female. Yeah, no, I, act, I, but actress. I, I, I think I it's know. appropriate for for Phyllis because uh, is she still alive? No, wait, you said death, that no. That was her. Yeah, she died on this date in 2012. 2012. Because yeah. uh, I thought she died before that, actually, um, yeah. and not to be facetious about it but that was one of the you always hear well phyllis still you're like oh shit i thought she died already <laughs> exactly um, yeah well she yeah, she kept on ago. kept on kicking she really did for like a long time and and, and, uh, and, and uh it, no i was just gonna say that she was actually born in, in 1917 but died on this date in 2020 i'm sorry 2012 i mean she was another trailblazing female star i mean appearing on the ed sullivan show back in the day and countless episodes of tonight's show starring johnny carson i would say I she mean, she paved the way for joan rivers no question that's a good one good analogy i mean she, and she was one of those triple threats got like a star of stage screen and television you hear that she really was right. and a, a really fun, fine punster in her own right for decades I mean, it's amazing. And I have a, fam a famous joke of hers to close out the tribute. And this was actually in the, in the paper. And I'm just going to rec re re recant this here. Give it to She us. says, you know you're old when your walker has an airbag. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, that's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, that, that, that's what we have for the famous people tributes today. Other uh, meds. Uh, so we would just plan to maybe interject this a little bit because I think it's just interesting when I, I, I read them every day, Scott. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because, you know, like, like we talked about starting this segment is that, you know, sometimes you see people and you go, oh, surely they, they're already, they've been dead already. Right. They're like, Haven't no, it's like their 90th birthday. I mean, it's like, what's the, what's the, 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 the woman from uh, Maud? Uh, uh, yeah, Maud. No, well, the other people are dead. No, she's dead. But, uh. Maybe we should do like a thing called Dead or Alive where we just put it out there like the, uh -oh. the song. No, um, uh, the one, the, 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 she's still around. Oh, who's in that show? Maud. Oh. What other show is she in? Oh, God. We, we, we're going to have to uh, look this up and, and, and find out. But she's still around and she's like, a, uh, look, at, look, up, look up the people that were in, 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 in that show. Betty White. I said Betty White. Did you say Betty start? White? Yeah. God, how much of this whiskey have I had? I only had like two sips. So, but you said Betty White. I you did. Said it really quick. Yeah, she's like ninety. She's up there. Two or something like God that. Almighty. Yeah. But anyway, like like Don King. Would you have thought he might have been dead by now? Oh yeah, yeah. I would yeah. think just. You know what? But but Don King, he he's an interesting fellow, and and you know we could probably expand on a, on a segment on him. Sure. At, at some other slow point in the sports seasons. Absolutely, and there's there's plenty of them. So that 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 was just or something. Baseball I would have, season. <laughs> That's something I just wanted to throw in because it's something I look at every day, and I think we're going to make that a regular portion of our of our show. So, Scott, we're at that time, episode four. By the by, what are your thoughts? Episode four. I, you know, first first of all, this is tremendous, and and you know, Dave and I enjoy doing this, and and hopefully, 
you enjoy listening to us and we would certainly welcome feedback through all the social media outlets that will continue to uh, send this show out to and you know we're looking to expand the website as well to include show notes um, but we'll include those uh, in the episodes right now where you can get them with specific uh, podcast players like Overcast and Podcast um, but we'll, we'll include that stuff uh, on on the social media links and, until we get the uh 2.0 version of Bar Dizzle up on the web sure. right now. We, yep. we just needed a landing page for you guys to, to listen to it if if you don't use Spotify or Apple or any of the other um, next-gen uh, podcast players. But this has been great, Dave, and uh, you know I definitely want to take us out. Do you have any final thoughts before I do? Uh, just to thank everybody again for, for people that have been hanging along here with us. And you know sometimes I occasionally ramble, and, and Scott is the kind of the voice of... Did you did reason. you say ramble on? Like uh, no, I didn't. Robert and that's what, oh yeah, I could have thrown that into. Uh, but you know, I tend to be a little bit of a fast talker. Scott's some more deliberate, and he's the voice of, of reason and and, uh, and his technical prowess to to help us uh, to produce this show is just amazing. And I, I I can't thank him enough for all that stuff because I tend to in the middle of talking will lose my mind occasionally. And maybe Tessa has a maybe she has an idea about where my mind is. Tessa, Dave. Your mind is right where you left it, in the rubbish bean. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, I'll do that. But anyway, um, again, thanks so much, and, and, and thanks for, for, uh, for rolling with us on, on our format changes and our interjections of new things we're going to do in our show. And hang with us. We love you. Later. Yeah, yeah, and with that, uh, I'm going to take us out, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Peace out. Peace out.